0: This is off
2: track with Hinch and Rossi.
3: It feels like we're back to our roots. You guys are in buses. I mean, it's we're in how we bus used to do it single single bus bus? you're in chateau de
4: bus we're in chateau de bus with multiple rooms of bus um yeah man it's uh it's back to the good old days poor internet um not enough time to really do things that we don't want to do which includes this um (laughs) and uh we're in the gap between the roar and daytona um we're recording this on a tuesday I'm about to, as soon as this wraps up, get on a plane down to Homestead for some IndyCar car testing, which will be very cool to get back into a car that doesn't have ABS. um, Which will then be very uncool when I have to get back into a car with ABS. Um,
2: (laughs) But you know, we're uh, we're taking the pros of the cons. You just floated over like a hundred things. So let's let's backtrack. You do have a busy stretch. you have like a busy ten days ish. Um, We've been. uh, Let's take it step by step. Let's start with. The roar. We got here. um, A lot going on. There's a lot happening at the roar when you show up uh, and, you know, the team like we've talked about this. The team's switching manufacturers this year. So they're running McLaren's for the first time. The car showed up later than ideal in kind of mid-December, which did not give the team a ton of time to get everything prepared the way they wanted necessarily. That said, they did an incredible job in the time that they had to get this thing ready to rock and and be down here in good condition for the roar. And I mean, you know, Alex and I both said, like, we are shocked and impressed with how many miles we've been able to put on this car given all those challenges. Like, normally you can come to the roar with the same car you ran last year and you're going to have the usual, like, start of season glitches and gremlins and issues or whatever this is a brand new physical race car. It's a brand new manufacturer for them to, to deal with. So they don't know their way around it the way they did the previous one. And still, like we've we've lost very little track time in the grand scheme of things to issues. So it's been impressive. That said, when you have four drivers and you have essentially two days of testing with two to three practice sessions per day, it is not a lot of track time, period and i think i think i've done two like 10 lap runs so far and alex is yeah. about the same um it's been it's been light it's been light on the uh, on the track time which when you're jumping into a completely different type of race car has been a challenge and we've been challenged haven't we alex
4: yeah we haven't
2: we have but
4: at the same time we have and what's been really actually amazing about this experience so far and for me driving a a gt car for the first time um a gt3 car for the first time is um how how good the cars actually are you know coming from single seaters and especially prototypes when you're sharing the track with them you just have this perception that a gt car is a very heavy underperforming just bad car to drive and and like it's just essentially a road car with slick tires and a little bit less weight because it doesn't have creature comforts and stuff. So, part of my part of my issue initially was kind of treating the car like that and not realizing how far especially in the past decade I would say technology has progressed in GT racing to where these pieces of equipment are like very, very high performance to the point where in many cases at Daytona, you brake later in this car than you do in a prototype, which completely threw my world for a loop. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around how that works, considering it weighs two times as much, um, doesn't have no any downforce. And it's still in a lot of ways outperforming a, a prototype car. The reason for that is your approach speeds are slower um, and you have ABS. So ABS is the same kind of system that's in a road car, which prevents you from locking tires, which you would think as a, me as a racing driver, you as a, as a bystander, Tim would think, oh, jumping into that should be very easy because it's a, it's a driver aid and, and it hundred percent is because it, it prevents you from making a massive mistake and locking a tire and going straight and crashing the car or ruining tires or anything like that. But the guys that have experience with the system, there's a whole different way to kind of maximize it. And what's been really cool is you actually can drive this car in a lot of ways as hard as an Indy car. Um, it rewards you just really pushing and trying to get the lap time out of it in 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 certain areas of the corner which has been a lot of fun it's just been a little bit of a head trip for me because i'm driving this massive thing right and it is outperforming cars that i've driven here for the past six or seven years in in some areas so that's been pretty wild but also a lot of fun
2: yeah, ABS is man. a hell of a drug, man. Like, it is it is so impressive how well that system works. But you're right. It, it goes against, like, everything technique-wise you've learned driving either a prototype or an open-wheel car on how to brake. And so, like anything, like drivers in a competitive environment like this, they're going to find ways to maximize those systems and the way things work. And as you said, the guys that have been doing it for a while are just instantly on the pace and so good at it. So Alex and I go out. And you know we've got references from prototypes and whatever, and most of your experiences in downforce cars. So we're like breaking a little early here and trying to. You know, think we're kind of on the limit there, and we're like, you know, a good chunk of time off of Marvin, who, if you listen on Tuesday, is the factory McLaren driver who's on our team. Uh, and we're looking at the data, and it's like, oh, mid corners and exits, all pretty close. Man, are we off on the brakes? Holy. Like, it was so aggressive how bad we were trying to get every corner, just getting into it. It's like, no, no, no. You can just throw this thing in there, bury your left foot, and it just does it.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, Very cool. Uh, Very impressive. Very awesome to be in the class that has 40-plus cars. Um, You know, we talked a little bit in in a previous episode about, like, the manufacturer interest in IMSA, especially the past couple of years. But GT this year, you know, like you said, James, if you drive it, it's probably out here. Um, so that's been been very cool to be a part of. It's also been pleasantly surprising how the traffic actually affects you less in a GT car than it does in a prototype. So in a prototype, you're coming up on cars often because there's so many GT cars. Um, and so you never really get a clean lap uh, just because there's 42 of us and there's, you know, 18 prototypes or whatever. Um, but the GT car, because the prototype has so much grip available to it, it can kind of go any uh, either side of you at any phase of the corner. So it was really hard in prototypes to really get a consecutive couple of laps going because you would always come up on a traffic and you'd never get to do the bus stop in a session or the timing never allows you to do a proper turn one or whatever. And the GT car... If you get passed by three or four prototypes in the lab, yeah, it's going to slow you down, but it's, it's four tenths, six tenths, seven yeah. tenths.
2: It's not three it's seconds. Tenths, um, not seconds. Yeah, Right, which has been pleasantly surprising, actually. That's a good point, actually. I never thought about it like that. It does mean you have to be like head on a swivel, though, with checking your mirrors, like the spotters are a lot busier in a GT car than they are on a prototype. We've got this crazy cool rear view camera thing that has a radar system on it. And it can actually detect what type of car is coming up on you and it'll point, it'll flash an arrow at which side it's going and like, it'll show you the closing rate and all this stuff. It's wild. It's like rear view camera on steroids. Um, so it's, yeah, it's again, the, the the technology in these cars is like so far beyond an IndyCar. It's wild. Like all the tricks and aids and all the things that they've got. And it's of the rules, right? Like IndyCar could have that. They, they don't for reasons, but You think of IndyCar as like, you know, the top level of kind of that sort of performance car in in North America. And then you get into these things and you're like, man, there are so many switches and buttons and systems and things that I've never seen before. And uh, what would it it be
3: an IndyCar? Hey, it's a Dolara. Hey, it's a Dolara. Hey, it's a (laughs) Dolara.
2: Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah, we have had a couple of small issues. I had to do some roadside repairs. Uh, personally, um, which was kind of interesting. Although it like you I only were taking
3: found a out, flat screen TV out of the out of the front trunk,
2: I think we were just showing that the luggage space in a McLaren yeah. is ample, and yeah. you can yeah. even in a race car still have a sizable object in the front trunk to uh, to to take around with you, which was fun.
3: Um, I have a question, and this might be kind of dumb, but do most you likely. guys like most likely? Yeah, almost no. guaranteed. And the build up to this, do you like take into account sleep training? Because you guys are, you guys kind of have the short straw in terms of driving through the night. So do you like try to get on a reverse schedule of sleeping during the day?
2: So we've learned that it's not going to be. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good question. Um, The reason you can't do that anyway is because you don't really know what the rotation is going to be kind of until race week. And we've learned that it's going to be less of us just like doing the graveyard shift than we thought, which I'm not upset about. Everyone's going to have to do some driving at night. Uh, That's just kind of the way the rotation is going to work out for us. But no, I mean, it's it's very hard to do that because especially throughout the week, your practice is at normal hours. And so if you're trying to like sleep more during the day and be awake at night, you kind of hose yourself through practice and stuff. So it's one of those things you just have to suffer through it at the time and uh and hope you can get at least a little bit of sleep when when you're off um but it's it's not a lot you rarely get a lot but yeah that is a valid question it's more you know you got to make sure you're eating enough you got to make sure you're drinking enough like those are things you can control how much sleep you get you can't control so you kind of just have to try to make the best of it um so in this, in this time off between the Roar, oh, yeah, so, then we, so we qualified on Sunday. Um, Oliver Jarvis qualified the car. We were P6 in class, which we were very happy about. Um, his first qualifying in, in that class and did a great job. Uh, and then we had kind of the day off on Monday, and we decided to do a little, uh, a little family field trip. <laughs> Yeah, so these
4: Europeans haven't necessarily been introduced to the wonders of Disney World. Um, You know, Oliver has been with his children many years ago in passing sort of thing, but never kind of went as an adult without a kid. Um, And Marvin had never been to really any theme park before, uh, which is interesting. And so we decided to to take him to Epcot, um, mostly because we weren't going – for rides per se we were more going for just kind of the experience and and getting to walk around and hang out and stuff um and also like we didn't book this well enough in advance to have any sort of access. lightning lane or tour guides yeah. or access or anything like that so rides weren't the priority it was just more something to do for five or six hours have some good food and stuff and um it, it was cool like we we got to show them kind of the world showcase at Epcot, and and I think Marvin was pretty impressed by just the level of detail that a theme park can go to. Um, and we we rode a couple
2: rides, which were which were good, and uh, yeah, it was a it was a nice way to kill an afternoon for sure. So we tried to get on this Guardians of the Galaxy ride because it's supposed to be like very very good. And as Alex said, this is sort of a last-minute plan. We didn't get there till the afternoon. We didn't really plan ahead. Long story short, we didn't make it on that ride. But, dude, I had probably, you know, we posted that story about being at Epcot. I had, like, ten people, like, people that I know, reply and text and whatever, be like, oh, my God, tell me you went on Guardians of the Galaxy. It's the best ride I've ever been on ever in my entire life, anywhere on Earth, ever. I was like, God damn it. It was so close. I also got multiple people message me um
4: that saw us there that said it's a real shame that you got on the worst ride in epcot because they saw us go on mission space which is (laughs) equally as hilarious because we that was the only ride apparently everyone hates it um because it was the only ride that didn't have really any weight so we just popped over there as soon as we got in and Oliver was like all pumped up and excited and he was like i'm super i'm super in as long as there's no spinning and i was like that is that is the ride there is, there is a so, lot of spinning.
3: It's exclusively spinning. Uh, it's we,
4: exclusively spinning. Yeah. So we, why'd you, you guys used,
3: pick Epcot instead of like the main park? Again, we weren't going fun. to explain that. Man. Okay. But yeah, like, we were going if you to walk listen, around and enjoy you can also see and, like there's impressive stuff at other parks with better stuff.
2: We had friends that we met that were there.
3: We weren't and like,
4: going to look at Disney princesses, Tim. We didn't have a daughter. Right. Okay,
3: I'm just saying. It's like, different I, for you. I like doing uh, Tower of Terror. I mean, it's not that interesting. Or, uh, or Haunted Mansion, you know, some of the classics.
2: Okay. Well, we did well, do the
4: classic. Mission Space is a classic.
2: That's Mission true. Space is I a classic.
3: I will give you
4: and
2: that. And then what, whatever the one is, the like journey through the world or whatever inside the sphere there, whatever that thing's called, t- mm-hmm. something through time or whatever. We did do that one, which was pretty interesting. Um, but no, yeah. Oliver was like, "I don't really do roller coasters," and I was like, "Oh, it's fine. It's it can't be that bad." And then he's like, "Well, I, they're okay. Just nothing that spins. Like spins really." And I was like, "It's a roller coaster. It's not going to spin." And then I have no idea what it is. Alex turns around, and looks at me, and he goes like, "All all spinning. It's almost all spinning."
4: But I was like, the, "There's only like 20 seconds that are pretty bad, and you get those out of the way right away, and then
2: the rest is very okay." And you know what? I actually I actually quite enjoyed it because it's the only thing that replicates G Force. And so when you try to explain, I mean, you're obviously we were four drivers, we're not having to explain G Force to each other. But like I was like, man, this actually feels like proper G, because it is. You're actually spinning around a room pretty quickly. So I thought it was really cleverly done. As you said, it's way better than that thing at the fair that just spins around on those slidey bed things those are terrible okay
3: but as a kid you all loved those that was so much i did until i threw up
2: yeah i agree agree. um but this was way better than that and you know you get to push buttons and stuff and i went to space camp alex and i are sitting there just flipping every fake switch and pushing every fake button in the build up (laughs) to the things we're just add and want to touch stuff uh so no it was good it was it was fun um all right so week.
3: alex has testing james you're going to the bahamas nope okay, thanks that's for, next week uh, thanks for
4: coming well, way wait, 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 wait to ruin 20 minutes of next week's episode tim that's what i'm here for epcot was cool um we i head down to well, I'm, I'm heading down as we record this in about an hour uh to homestead so indy cars are on track monday tuesday wednesday um We've talked about this plenty, but in the non-hybrid spec, uh, so it'll be good to kind of get a feel for what a much lighter Indy car is going to do, which is
2: very exciting for all of us. So let's hold on, let's um, talk about that quick. because So the, the cars are going to be a bit lighter because they don't have the hybrid systems in them. So this is going to be the spec that we start the season with and do the first half of the season with. They have lightened uh, gearboxes, bell housings, and I believe the Halo is lighter as well. Correct. The screen will be lighter, but that's not for a little bit still. Okay. So just the frame of the of the aero screen. So how much weight are we talking about here? Like what are we saving compared to a 2023 spec indie car? I I don't have the exact number. Um just because I it's like 30-ish. I have
4: it's it I think it's 30 to 44. And then okay. it'll be an extra six pounds less once we get the lighter screen on.
2: So call it 40 pounds. Okay. So like, I mean, it's totally track dependent, but general rule of thumb is like 10 pounds is a 10th. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's going to be more than that because it's, it's not only is it
4: lighter, but the, um, the CG is in a bit better spot. So the balance is going to be a little bit better. So, I mean, I would say it's going to be, Every bit of a half second to maybe a little bit more quicker than than what we had last year, which is which is pretty
2: awesome. That's going to make St. Pete a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to make St. Pete fantastic. Qualifying yeah. St. Pete is going to be very fast. Um, but so with with I know, obviously, gearbox bell housing back of the car, air screen front of the car ish. I mean, is this is this changing the the, the weight distribution significantly? Like is this something that, or is this what you're gonna have to go find out at Homestead? And I'll let you know next week, pal. Yeah, fair enough. Fair right, enough. So that'll keep you guys busy. Uh and I mean IndyCars cars are back on track. So like we're recording this Tuesday, but uh yesterday, Monday, the first day of that test happened. So awesome to see Indy Cars back on track. Uh Frodo was quickest for Meyer Shank. Good to see him slide into the new ride and immediately have some pace. Who else was good? Who else was running? Pillow was running, I think. Joseph was running. Uh Augustine, Graham,
4: Jack Harvey in the Dale Coin car, which was uh oh, yeah. which was I think a little bit of a surprise for everyone, but great for him to get that opportunity. Um, I don't know who else.
2: Uh maybe some foreshadowing there. Eric Erickson um, was in the Andretti car. Okay. All right. So you're in Wednesday. Who's in today? Do we know? Who's running Tuesday? Uh, Pat, Pat was in today, yep. So David was in yesterday. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. We didn't say David. Whoops. Uh, man, but I'm just excited. I'm I'm jacked that there's any cars back on track. We're finally getting back into race season, guys. We have a real race happening next week, this week, and IndyCars are on track. It's all coming together, guys. It's all coming together.
4: Yeah, we'll finally actually have things of value to talk about on the show. I mean, still not for another, like, eight weeks. But, I mean... We're building. We're We're getting getting there. We're getting close. Yeah.
2: VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train
1: over and over before operating on real patients.
4: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
1: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: Parents, when you visit California, childhood rules. (laughs) If you don't remember how awesome childhood is, just ask yourself, What would kids do? Then pack your fun pants and let childhood rule your family vacation. Start planning at VisitCalifornia.com.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line.
1: every time.
2: And if you love the filet
1: of fish right now you can
2: catch two of the classics you love for just $6.
1: Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: Speaking of things to talk about on the show, and oddly, Golden, um, I was just opening up our notes app to see uh, what topics we could get into. And right at the bottom there, we have pissing on Alex's plane.
0: Uh, uh-huh. James, <laughs> you
3: added that one.
0: <laughs> should, we, I, should we dive I, into I, that?
3: I, I was yeah, going to go into like, uh, like a nice conversation about like mentors growing up, but uh, no, no, I think we should boring. get into this. Yeah,
2: Let's get into it. So you flew down here. Well, but you talk about it. It's your plane. You're piss. I don't know what you're going on with this. <laughs> Honestly, I don't remember exactly what topic of conversation we were having when I wrote that down. But well, who
3: peed on the plane? Which of you had to pee on the plane?
2: No, I think it was more who didn't pee on the plane. No, so okay. so I flew down on Thursday morning
4: uh, with Jim Leo, so my my trainer, um, owner of PitFib, oh, yes. he's been on the podcast. Now I gas. remember, yeah. Okay. No, no, carry, carry on. Um, And it's, it's, a, it's every bit of a four-hour flight to Daytona. We left at 6 a.m., so we had our coffees and everything and like, you're going to be drinking and you're going to have to pee at some point. And I told Jim, like, at any point that you need to pee, like there is a relief tube, um,
2: which kind of goes <laughs> I've, I've, out the bottom <laughs> of the plane.
1: Relief and tube.
2: I'm getting Baja he, vibes as you say relief tube. He was like, you don't sit there
4: with something on you. You Right. You use it's a, it's a funnel that's connected to a hose at the bottom of the plane, and you open a valve and you pee into the funnel, and you're good Make to go. Make a new cloud.
2: Right? Make a new cloud. Yeah. So, sorry, know, it just goes out. It, it just evaporates. goes out of the back of the plane. Yeah, that's why I said it's a cloud. It's evaporated. Yeah. yeah. So, there's just yeah. would it evaporate or would it turn into little like icicle droplets that would rain down on somebody? No, below? it would
4: evaporate. No, it would
3: evaporate.
2: Um, if you I pee, mean, most rain feet, was probably pee at some point.
4: I don't that's think that's going, true at all. Going
3: with the water cycle over the, the billions of years of, of animals living here. There's got to be a significant portion of that rain that was at some point pee.
2: So something,
3: something peed it out. It evaporated. It went in the cloud. It came back down as rain.
2: I mean, there's a lot. I hate to say it, there is a logic to that. <laughs>
3: the I only time the only time water's actually left Earth is space is when we've sent it to space. It's uh. all been a closed system until then.
2: Yes. No. We we understand understand that part. That's yeah. I don't I don't love where he's going with it. I guess next whales when, and next fish. Next time pee.
3: when it's when it's raining, just go stick your tongue out and catch a little dinosaur piss. Because that's
2: um, that now probably
3: that at some point.
2: N- never gonna go in the rain again.
4: Well, anyways, that's why that's Enjoy why your at the bottom of the plate. So, um,
2: I I don't know what else is to the so, story. James. So this is this is why it's this is why it was interesting to me, and by interesting I mean fascinating. By fascinating, I mean terrifying. You don't sit in the captain's chair and do this. You go back, right? Well, you can, but you, like when I'm can. next to
4: someone that
2: isn't right. either my wife or no one, then right. I'm not going to do this. So, so your options are. Um, so the other guy there jim not a pilot uh so your options are are two well well, three but you've already eliminated you know whipping it out in front of him so the options are hey jim do you mind just sneaking into the back for a sec i'm going to relieve myself or i'm going to abandon my post as the only qualified pilot in the plane and leave jim unattended well yeah of course there's an autopilot but goes wrong man And so you're leaving. It's not like it's
4: 737, dude. I'm not going far. Like, I literally climb out of the seat. My headset is still attached. So I still hear everything ATC is saying. And I just am on my knees peeing. And then I'm back in the chair in 20 seconds.
2: I understand.
4: I'm, I'm taking a nap. It's not like I'm going to have a lunch, you know, back in row 37J. Like I'm just on my knees, slightly behind his shoulder. It just, it's not that big of a deal.
2: Makes you I, you I know make
3: that. you Really uncomfortable and touch his shoulder while you're doing it. Wow, like I liked I his ear, but I need the support.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what was weird yeah, was I mean,
3: him looking at. That's that uh, was yeah. what was weird. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he was like Jim. I can't, I can't go unless you're looking at me, uh, right in the eyes. <laughs> it's the yeah. opposite of stage fright. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just seems like uh it seems like abandoning your post at any point is just. Uh, you're he right. Wasn't it, abandoning. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of times, nothing happens. Right, but like it could. I'm not talking about mechanical failure. What if Jim sneezes and hits a button or something? You know, or I like mean, knocks something. Like, yeah. I don't know. But at least then he's at the controls uh, again, to recover. Again, not far. It's
4: funny because when I've had to do that in the past with oxygen on, there's a lot of wires and tubes and stuff that you're trying to like manage all. Because like you don't want to die wanna, when you're peeing pee if the oxygen comes watch. off. Well, no, it's just like it, <laughs> it's an unpressurized plane, so if like you lose oxygen, you might pass out. That's a problem. Like that's a bigger problem than temporarily getting out of the seat for a second.
3: He so. died doing what he loved, holding his.
2: <laughs> yeah the, the plane goes down and they just see you laid out in the back with your junk hanging out I was like what the hell happened here <laughs> oh man you got to remember and this is advice from Jim Jeffries no matter what you do remember that at any time if you were just to suddenly die that's how they'll tell your your mom they found you it's just always <laughs> remember no matter what you're doing if you suddenly kick it, that's what they're going to tell your mom. Anyway, it's
3: comforting. It's a comforting thought. Thank you. You're
2: welcome. <laughs> uh, do, do do mentors? You have got mentors, Tim? Yeah. How much we'll longer do we have to another, do this? We'll were they another, drunk? Like because nine minutes. Were they, what I was, were your mentors I
3: was thinking like? Okay, i was curious what you guys had because like we've already I mean, we've already I, done this we've already done I know, this. I know.
2: let's go i would rather go with whoever put putting on pajamas too early
3: okay that would this be happened tim. to me the other week i mean i, I assumed was, this was tim i got home first of all i don't
2: wear pajamas i was just so. gonna that's how we know it's tim like, <laughs> like who wears yeah, pajamas
3: though, i have comfortable ass pajama pants and i have a pajama robe but, have you not great. heard of sweats I also have sweats, but sometimes I like I like the so freedom. So, when would of you little, differentiate? Like a pee window, I like the little window there for the convenience. Just get like
2: loose boxers.
3: So anyway, I got home and I dropped Hazel at her mom's, which and then I so I was home and immediately changed into pajamas to get warm and comfortable. And then Teddy rang the bell to go out to go to the bathroom. The problem was it was like 5 p.m. So it was too late in the day for me to be still wearing pajamas, but too early to be wearing pajamas for going to bed out in public. So I had to like go and change back into normal clothes to walk my dog to then get home and immediately change back into pajamas. And I just thought that was an odd thing. to do. What's,
4: what's, no, what's odd is the fact that you think it's okay at 830 at night to be walking your dog in pajamas. I don't care what time of day yeah, it is. Dark you shouldn't be in public in
3: pajamas. Not I'm kind of with public. him on that. I'm around
4: the neighborhood. That uh, it doesn't matter.
3: Do you, you don't own leave your the house neighborhood in pajamas? I I often leave my home in pajamas. Like, okay, yeah, I get up that's at what's six weird. in the morning and I go walk Teddy. I'm not gonna like he needs that's a matter of urgency. He's gotta get right out. I'm definitely gonna still be wearing pajamas.
4: So Tim, you do not wake up at six a.m. every morning.
3: There are times when, when, when you I get out of bed.
4: Okay, but when you got Teddy and you get out of bed at eight thirty, that dog has been there for two and a half hours. You have five minutes to put on clothes.
2: Here's the thing: but I don't want to. They're comfortable. Here, you here's, here's the to leave my to the house problem. in pajamas. Well, first of all, you don't have pajamas, right? So, like, he's got the one true. pair that
3: I got him as a present.
2: You would you yeah, would leave your patriot there. pajamas. You would leave your house in true. sweatpants, right, Alex? One hundred percent. Right. So you walk your dog in sweatpants. Not a far cry for pajamas. Someone could argue, "Hey, that's not that." D- I'm just saying, I'm not agreeing. I'm with you, right? I completely I'm plain, disagree. Play devil's advocate, they're similar vein. Okay, now this is Tim's argument. Potentially, here's what I'm going to say: When you don't sleep in pajamas, you have to put on something to take the dog out, and so you throw on sweats. The and then you're is, a I more,
3: actually don't even sleep in pajamas. Uh, they're just so like, then. Why the are, are you putting stage? on pajamas? because they're so comfortable you, there's something about just so being.
2: you you have to get dressed anyway and you choose to wear the thing that's embarrassing to wear in public correct
3: because it's usually warmer and more comfortable
2: and i'm not embarrassed then by wearing sweatpants it, it is not warmer than sweatpants you also live in but california then, it's not cold it gets down to the
3: 40s sometimes like high 40s like 48 49 i would but argue
4: still, i would argue that that pajamas are actually exponentially more uncomfortable because like you feel naked cuz no one wears underwear no, with pajamas
3: no I, I don't feel naked in pajamas they're they're thick and comfortable you guys are you guys are the weird ones i think people will agree with me there's there's something nice no. about sitting around in pajamas there's no, no grown man gonna-
2: that's buying pajamas No, hang on. Hang on. I'm going to take it a step further. Maybe there are, but then they're wearing them as pajamas and sleeping. Right. You were just buying a sweatsuit without the sweatsuit. I
4: I would argue it's it's culturally more acceptable (laughs) to walk your dog in your robe than it is pajamas. Well, my pajama
3: top is a robe.
4: I'm sorry. What do you wear pajama bottoms and a robe?
3: Yeah. And then usually a t-shirt.
4: But I'm sorry, I I don't think you know how to dress yourself.
3: I dress. You wear how I a
4: t-shirt. Feel. You wear a t-shirt under a rope.
3: So well, if I'm walking the dog, I'll usually have a shirt on. If I'm just like around the house, then no.
4: So then, why are you wearing the rope? It's comfortable. Have you not heard of a
3: hoodie? It's not as comfortable. <laughs>
2: I feel like Tim feels very attacked in this one. I think he was expecting. I I don't feel very attacked.
3: I am very attacked. I think he was expecting
2: more support from us on this one. This is verbal assault. He's very much regretting. uh, No, not at all. You guys are the
3: weird ones here. I don't think so. Internet, internet,
2: internet, please chime in, bro. I will
3: just know when I'm responding to any of you tweeting me. There's like a pretty solid chance I'm in pajamas responding.
2: So look, I will openly admit we went after you a bit hard and I will honestly say you're a grown man. You can do whatever you want, but there is no way you can argue that we're the weird ones in this conversation. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not drawing the line there.
3: Whatever. You guys walk around in your uncomfortable papaya shirt. I'll become I'm I'm going to go from recording off Um, just to spite you guys right into pajamas. That's my plan today. I'm getting out of this, and I'm getting in pajamas.
2: Just so you know, sure showed us. We get out of this and into. We wear pajamas to work.
3: That's true.
2: I mean, we get to just walk around in a onesie all day. So we only have to wear (laughs) these to get to the track. And Alex is staying at the track, so doesn't have to do that. He just can go straight into his pajamas.
3: You know what? That looks like a that looks like a nice papaya shirt. Looks good on you, James. Alex is once again not wearing papaya. Why would I be wearing papaya? I'm gonna do, do. Is there are there papaya pajamas? Can I get some McLaren pajamas? Well, you
4: I think McLaren what? owns the color papaya.
3: I'm saying. I, can think, I get some
2: So the guy that makes all the merch for FAF, Derek from Toronto Motorsports,
3: mm-hmm. does some
2: incredible things, and he's made some very cool hats, beanies, toques, depending on where you're from, um, some great hoodies, but I and some cool mittens for me in the past. I bet he probably could make papaya pajamas. We'll have to look into that.
3: My, I'm, going, I'm going
2: to Toronto Well, they're definitely not there now. I would know about that. But okay. All right. we enough. will put in the request for a buy pajamas. And until then, because you know what? I'd want to sleep in those because it's going to be cold here in the middle of the night. And you know, oh, you so suddenly sleep. you're going to sleep in pajamas. No, no, a onesie is not a pajamas. A onesie is a onesie. Actually, where Alex, where does a onesie fall into this? Because it's like it's like kind of raro. Only for women. Kind of onesies? Yes. Get out of your bus. You Get out of my bus. No, you get out of your bus. <laughs> you get out of your bus nice. right now, Alex. That's I'm not how confused. that works. I'm confused, though.
3: You're against pajamas, but you're pro-pajama onesies? Great Stop point, saying pajamas.
2: Tim. I'm pro-onesies. I don't sleep in a onesie. They're like, for women. They're not. They're just not. They are. I have at least four onesies, maybe five. Well,
4: well you are a little... Uh, um, I think the internet should chime in on this too. Are onesies oh, yeah. biased towards a, a female clothing option or a male clothing
2: option? Are onesies acceptable for men to wear? Are like, onesies designed for women?
3: What are we talking about in no. terms of a onesie? Because like are we talking I can picture for a onesie, I picture like either your f- no mex fire suits or pajamas. Is there some other onesie no. I'm not thinking of?
2: No, no, a onesie is just it's all one thing like and, and there's a zipper on the up, front. In a hoodie, but sewn together. For women, no,
3: I can't. I can't even picture that outside of the context of pajamas.
2: That you've like, never seen a Pato one what? sell
3: pajamas. What? I'm, I'm, yes, I'm, he
4: sells nice ass bamboo pajamas. Does he really? Yeah, cool. they're very comfortable. is he you Honestly, up? Honestly, like on? I don't. Yeah, I don't like. I'm not going to promote Pato Award like on things, but Pato Go buy his pajamas because they're legit. Okay, I'm
3: looking up onesies for adults, and they're almost exclusively pajamas. I see one example of not pajamas. Google onesies for adults.
2: Oh, my God. Well, guys, we're actually all going to our browsers and typing this in right now. Yeah, and it's pretty much women that are wearing them if you go to Google Images. Onesies for adults?
3: I'm not seeing any pajamas on the McLaren site.
2: There are the first three pictures. One is a bodiless onesie one is a female onesie and one is a male model onesie so you're just you're incorrect look this is a this is a nice couple these are all couples other couples are sharing onesies yeah wearing this pajamas is,
3: those are pajama onesies
2: what do you mean pajama what? onesies you can no, wear no, a onesies not the same useful. thing you don't sleep in it
4: all right pajamas are not onesies you should not wear pajamas uh at any point outside of your house and one teaser with chicks. That's my stance on this whole
2: subject. I'm with you on two and three. I
3: don't and think we've ever been this divided.
2: We are all we all have different stakes in all of this. Yeah. We have all <laughs> landed on a different spot. Is this, is this how off track ends? Yeah. Guys, it was uh not fun, but I'm glad it's over. And I'm <laughs> mad it happened. <laughs> I'd love to say it's been a
3: pleasure, but then we'd all be liars.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you guys heard <hurt> my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> you hate this more than anyone. Anyway, this is, we're too far. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Next week, we'll, I don't know, talk about relics and stuff. We should talk about rompers next week. <laughs> now, those are not for
4: guys.
3: <laughs>
4: Tim would think right, so.
3: If anybody from McLaren's listening and you guys have pajamas, uh, Alex has my address.
2: 88. <laughs> this has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off-Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask AskOffTrack on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow us on Twitter individually, I'm at Hinchtown. he's Alexander Rossi, and if you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. I'll track is produced
0: by Tim Durham, and by that we mean Phil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365.